Robert Police is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's another. And it's Bubba Rodriguez again. Oh, how are you? Hey, welcome back. Houston Dynapod Podcast. It's me, your host, Finister. And we're going to do a post game. I know we watched it. And there were some moments we wish we could take back. Mainly involving penalties and fouls and midfield turnovers. But ultimately, we kind of knew what to expect going up there. We knew it was going to be a tough match. If you thought, hey, we're going to be winning this match starting the second half, I would have said you're probably wrong. So you can't fault the boys for what they did. They did try. They put in a, a, a solid shift. And they got a goal back at the end. And you can't you can't blame them for their effort. You can't. It's been there all year. That's one thing we can say about this year that we couldn't always say in the past. The effort has been there. Now, if you can hear background noise, that's my pot-smoking neighbors. Out there, uh, they're grilling. It's his fifth time to grill. And he bought chicken. So I'm betting money it's either burnt or undercooked when they eat it. I don't know which one I'm rooting for. If they undercook it and they get sick, they're just going to smoke more pot to feel better. But if they burn it, they're just going to smoke more pot to make it taste better. So either way, I'm going to smell pot all night long. There's worse things you could smell, right? There is. Far worse. So before we go into what was the Houston Dynamo's loss to Sporting KC... Let's talk about that riveting Champions League final. I thought it was a great match. I Fuck Chelsea. I don't like Chelsea. I was rooting for Man City, the team that Harry Kane will play for and will win every fucking trophy with. It was a good match. It was free-flowing. It was attacking. It was up and down. No, Man City only had, what, one shot on goal in the first hour? But it was fun to watch. The thing of that match was Rudiger's challenge on De Bruyne. You're wearing a fucking mask and you headbutt the guy in his face and you broke his orbital socket and I think his nose. Rudiger, what he did was absolutely fucking disgraceful. That, that was that was a fucking disgrace. And it pisses me off and I'm not even a Man City fan. I'm a huge Kevin De Bruyne fan. I think he is phenomenal. I think he is the best creative midfielder in the world. Yeah, in the world. Fight me. The only reason I say he's the best creative midfielder is because Harry Kane is listed as a striker. You put Kane where De Bruyne is, it would be fucking over. But what Rudiger did, absolute scumbag move. Makes me hate Chelsea even more. If you're a Chelsea fan and you think that was okay, you're wrong. That's like, I have a wiffle ball bat and you have a crossbow. It's, there's no comparison. What he did was a scumbag move. He took their best player out. And we've seen it year in, year out. We've seen Mo Salah go out. We've seen... Uh, well, I guess Thiago Silva was pretty important, but he didn't go out on some shitty challenge like Rudiger did. That was that was garbage. And I know it wasn't dirty, dirty, but it was dirty enough. I loved the officiating for the Champions League, especially on the handball challenge, how he was tapping his chest and then his arm. Can we get those guys in the Premier League? Sort out this handball nonsense? Because that guy had it right. Like the officials. Uh, Christian Pulisic made history became the first American footballer to ever play and appear in the Champions League final, and he won. 
That's the only thing I'm happy about for Chelsea is that Pelusic got got a trophy. The rest of them and what happened with Rudiger and De Bruyne totally sours it for me. That was it was unnecessary. Rudiger knew what he was doing. He knew 100% what he was doing. And you know what, Antonio, shit comes around. Karma is going to come back and somebody on City or somebody who plays for Belgium is going to get your ass. And you know what, you deserve it. You do. That was that was unnecessary. I mean, I'm all for hard challenges. I'm all for playing with some shit in your neck. But what that was, that was dirty. That was dirty. I would give uh, the head coach of Chelsea Manager of the Year Award in the Premier League. In the world, actually. He took over midseason for Lampard. Lampard and them were, you know, drifting afloat. They were just kind of aimlessly wandering. He got him in Champions League. He won the Champions League final. He's beaten Man City three times in two weeks. That's amazing. So Tuchel, 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 he'd be my manager of the year in the world. Yeah, that's right. Not Pep. Not Guardiola. Guardiola was out. Guardiola was out coached on Saturday. Now here's the bad news regarding our match. I did not write anything down. I am strictly going off of memory. So, bear with me. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It wasn't fun to watch, but here's our stats. KC had nine shots on goal. We had five. KC had 17 shots. We had eight. I don't know if these stats are right because I always get different stats from multiple outlets and it's like they never match up. Somebody needs to monopolize the stat reporting industry and say, this is it. It's how we're doing it. The rest of you can fuck off. Get out, get out. So possession-wise, it says Casey had 53, we had 47. Maybe. Uh, no red cards. One yellow on Casey, three on us. 11 corners for Casey, two for us. 10 fouls on Casey, 14 for us. And ours were fucking massive. Saves. Malia had three. Marco had six. I thought Marco was really good. Again. Again. Did you see how he punched the ball? He punched the ball and he sent it flying 40, 50 yards up in the air and out. That boy's got some hands. You know what they say about guys with big hands, right? Yeah, they say Johnny Cochran can get them acquitted for murder. If you don't understand that joke, Google OJ Simpson and the glove don't fit. Also, you're probably like in your 20s or younger, so you wouldn't get it. But what a time it was for Court TV when the OJ trial was on, was it not? It was a very exciting time and how they found him innocent I'll never know because I was in eighth grade and I was like, that fucking guy's guilty. He's guilty. He's guilty. There's no way. So let's do some player reviews. Uh, We're not going to spend a lot of time dwelling on what happened. We are going to get onto Boniek a little bit, rightfully so. You guys saw that was, ooh, we'll get there. So Marco Marich, uh, during the game, there was a Glenn Davis comment about how Marco is becoming one of the best MLS goalkeepers. I agree. He is so solid this year. Last year was a 
different time, right? He got a year to break into the league, a year to get comfortable. He's really, he's really doing quite well. There was nothing he could do about that free kick. He knew it as soon as the guy struck it. Nothing he could do. Manute Bull could have blocked that free kick. LeBron James, maybe. Marco Maric and 99.9% of the other professional goalkeepers? No. I thought his distribution looked better. He was able to put the ball to our guys more often. He really was a bright spot. Some of his saves were phenomenal. That header, that quick reflex header, whoo Boy, Mar- Marco looks really good, right? He does. Let's move on to left back Adam Lundquist. Thought he was all right. You're going to hear the same review of him almost week in, week out, unless he makes a boneheaded, boneheaded uh, mistake. There's never anything crazy to write. He usually does, does his job. His passing is okay. He does need a break. He needs someone to compete with him in practice to elevate his game. I think that's what he's missing. He is missing someone to drive him. We, all have, we have it everywhere else. We don't have it at left back. So I think if we can get someone to challenge him, he will, get, he will be much better. Let's go to the first center back and the one that didn't cost us the match, Timmy Parker. I wrote, if we only had two of him. If we had two Tim Parkers, this is a 2-2 draw, maybe a 2-1 win. Plain and simple. Tim Parker is going to be an MLS All-Star. And I'm, I'm biased, but the uh, consistency he brings to the back line that we didn't have last year, it's comforting. It's very nice. He's also fucking huge. There was a clip of, uh, what was it, Polito was trying to get past him, and Tim just put his arm out, and Polito, you know, was crying for a foul. But then when Polito got up, it really shows you how big Tim Parker is for a footballer. He's a big boy. Hey, he's a large lad, right? He's fucking huge. Let's move on to Boniac. I think that after this last match, barring an emergency, I think the Boniac at center back experiment needs to end. There have been games where he was good, but what happened in KC? This loss, it's not solely on him, but he cost us the match. He did. That foul on Polito was was stupid. Polito was going left. Boniak fouled him, and then he got in the official's face. I think Boney let his emotions get the best of him. And for a player of his age and experience, it shouldn't be happening. Yeah, you can have the fire, you can have the drive, but you got to know when you did wrong. And he did wrong. He cost us the match. But he's out of position, so ultimately you could blame this on Tab Ramos. But Tab Ramos wouldn't play him there if he didn't think he could do the job. It also goes to show you how low must Ramos think of uh, Funmayor and or Figueroa that they don't get a shot. I thought Minor has been pretty good when we've seen him. Alejandro was awful. But Boney last night put in the worst shift of a center back this season. I hope now we get to see a true center back worked into this spot. Nothing against Boney, but at 37 years old, moving to the back line in a new position, 37, 38, however old he is, uh, it's just not working out for him. When it works, it's great. But when it doesn't, man, it, it looks bad. And it looked awful on Saturday. Right back, Zarek Valentin. I uh, I nailed the lineup, by the way. Yeah. Fucking, you got ESP? No. I got lucky, which is new. So for Zarek, same as Adam on the other side, 
uh, relatively quiet, nothing crazy to, to talk about. Most of our issues occurred in the middle of the pitch, in the midfield, and on, but with Boney at center back. That was it. I thought, you know, we had issues other other places, but those were the big ones, man. Joe Corona got the start. He was quiet for a while. He was kind of invisible, uh, but he did pick it up towards the middle of the match. He got more involved. You can see the quality he brings to the midfield for us. I thought he was our best midfielder overall. You could argue Matias Vera. Oh, he scored. He also technically cost us a goal with Busio's free kick on that penalty, on that foul. I thought Joe was the best midfielder for us. And I would love, 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 love to start seeing him and Memo in the midfield with Vera at the defensive mid. So Matias scores his first MLS goal ever. It was a great goal, man. We got fired up. I yelled. I screamed. I hopped off the couch. I scared my neighbors. I scared my four-year-old daughter. She was like, Dad, why are you yelling? And I was like, the fucking Dynamo scored. It's not what I said. I was just like, goal! And then she runs, oh my God. She was cheering for the other team. Casey scored. She was like, goal! And I was like, get out. You can leave. Wrong team. Go look in your room. There's scarves everywhere. Orange and black. And she's like, but Dad, they're both blue. Also, didn't like the dark blue jersey. Let's stay orange and black, right? Orange and black don't crack. When you play in blue, you lose, I guess. I don't know. I thought uh, Matias at times, you know, he, he was okay. The goal was great, but, you know, he gave away the free kick that Busio drove home. Maybe, maybe, maybe we're going to see Saran a little more. I think Darwin Saran has been very consistent in his short amount of time in the... Uh, the twilight of games. But Matias, he's younger. He's got more upside. So I doubt we're going to see anything shift as far as him not starting. Derek Jones, the guy that I've been so high on the last couple weeks, took a step back last night. It's fine. It's going to happen. He's still young. Passes were a sloppy. Quite a few turnovers deep in our midfield. Ooh. But he still is our best option carrying the ball up the pitch from the midfield. Nobody else does it like him. Not Corona, not Memo, not Matias. Derek Jones is our best option to carry the ball up the pitch, and he's going to continue to play. You got to remember, he's 24, 23, 22. He's not at the peak. No, no, sir. Mm-mm. He's still learning. He's going to be a he's going to be a, a a really quality starter for us. All right, let's go to Memo. Memo played on the right or the left. I don't remember. Like I said, it's from fucking memory. Very tough to duplicate what he did last time with a goal and assist. Uh, I think it was Glenn Davis or Eddie Robinson said they really like him in the midfield role. So do I. I like him in the center of our 4-3-3 or at the top of our 4-2-3-1. He is the create. He's the most creative player on the field. He is. When Pasher is not there and Quintero, who knows what's going on with him, when he's not there, Memo is the most creative player on our team. I think if we can see him in the midfield as a box-to-box midfielder, I think that's where he's really going to shine. But I don't know what goes on in training. I don't know what goes on in these conversations with the players, and I don't know what Tab's game plan was. So I'm never going to say, you know, you should do this, but I'm going to tell you where I like him. I think he looks good in the middle. Fafa. When Fafa plays against good defense, you can really see how average his ball control and dribbling is. He's fast, and somebody once said, built like a bullet, but all he wants to do is knock the ball past you and run. That's what he does. 
That's fine. Elise did it. Elise was better at it. Because Elise was fast as hell. Fafa's fast, but he's not Elise fast. When the other team can negate his knock the ball past you and run with a, a quick right back or left back, it really just ends up with Fafa trying to do step overs in the box and either winning us a corner or turning it over. It's pretty much it. But I, I do like how he tries to work to the end line and, and whip the ball in with his left. He's got a solid left foot, and that's huge. Now, let's go to fan favorite Maxi Arruti. Arruti scored again. He's got four. He's got four. He did miss a few chances. But he has been putting the ball in the back of the net relatively regularly these days. And with the supposed rumor of Christian Ramirez to Aberdeen in Scotland, this is his spot. This is his spot. And what I like most about Maxi, and I've said it in, I think, every single post game, this guy plays the entire match. His motor never stops. And that is something that you really can't coach. They either got it or they don't. He's got it. It's his spot. You might say, we need a real striker. Yo, he's a real striker. He's got four goals. I'm pretty sure he's in the top five scorers in the league. You can double check that, but I know he's top 10 for sure. Anyway, let's move on to our subs real quick. Mateo Bahamich got on finally, right? It seemed like towards the end, this was the feeling of a game that was gone, that we weren't going to win. And you guys know that's the truth. It was really good, and I was so happy to see him get on the pitch and play. Tab was like, you know what? Let's get him a shot. Let's put him out there. He looked all right. Okay, he's adjusting well. Is he going to be our next Elise? No. Is he going to be our next Minotis? No. Is he going to be like Ramel Kyoto stats-wise? Maybe. I don't know. I'm still not sold on this guy for $1.2 million. I'm not. But we will see. Like with Jones and like with a lot of our players, he is young. He's going to get better. Lasseter came on for Memo. I thought he looked all right. Not as good as last time we saw him. This was a tougher test. So it's to be expected that he doesn't look as good. Darwin Seren came in and Darwin was Darwin. He's a safe play late in the match. He's going to do his job. Um, he came in for Jones and Jones was struggling to pass the ball and complete passes. But there's nothing wrong when Darwin Seren comes in. He's a solid player. No, he's not uh, going to be sold for millions of dollars, but he's solid for us. So the biggest takeaway from this match for me is just once again, we continue to play the whole match, regardless. Especially when we're down. Now, it's looked like at times when we were up that we got complacent. I think we saw that versus uh, San Jose a little. But we, we're not quitting. And that's huge. The, the attitude, the mentality, the culture that Tab is putting into this team. That's something you can't put a price tag on. Tab Ramos is doing, he's doing a phenomenal job as far as the culture. Now, we have a long break. We'll be back June 19th in L.A. We know that's a tough one. We know uh, a draw is as good as a win. We know they've struggled. But with the long break and them getting back to fitness and us getting hopefully some players back, who knows? I didn't think we'd be beating KC at the 50-minute mark. Not at all. 
Now, I'm really looking forward to the Portland match on June 23rd. Um, if everything continues to go well, I get to take this new lady I've been seeing. And she is really fucking cool. And she's really hot. Like, I'm talking, you shouldn't be this hot. Like, I think I told her she looked like she was magazine hot. Yeah. So, if you see a, a man with a, a man bun that looks okay with a, a woman who's out of his league, come say, hey, that's me. But uh, that was it, man. It was a tough one. We were all really, we were all really, really high thinking we got this. We can do this. That free kick by Busio definitely shifted momentum. The foul by Boniak, that was it. That was where we lost the game, plain and simple. You know, Kinda scored a third goal. Didn't matter. Game was over. I know, and you're like, but no, nah, we got a second goal at the end. Bro, KC would have played different if they were up 2-1. to one. So it was it, the minute that Dar, uh, Boni failed, fouled Polito and they slotted that penalty kick home. That was it. I knew it. I knew it was over. I know anything can, anything can happen, bro. That's why you play the game. I've watched a lot of games in my life. And uh, only a couple times have I been wrong. Once was Tottenham versus Leicester. Leicester, last game of the season. The other was Tottenham versus Ajax. The miracle in, the, the miracle in Amsterdam. So that has been it for our post-game show. Sorry if the recording isn't as great. I have to use a different mic, and my pothead neighbors are barbecuing. I'm also sick. Fucking allergies. It ain't COVID. I got my prick. Put that little jab-jab in my arm-arm. So give us a like, give us a share, give us a rate, give us a review. We will cover some news, see what's going on. I'm going out of town here in like three days. And I'm excited, finally, get out of this hot fucking weather. But um, that's it, man. Like, share, subscribe, rate, review. Keep your heads up. Keep your chins up. Boys are working hard. I'm, you know, forever orange. Hold it down. I'm not going to quit on us because they don't quit on us. I will catch you on the flip side. Go Dynamo! Albert Felice is going to get there. There's no question. He squares it. There it is. It's a number. And it's Mumbo Rodriguez again. 